Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I'm super excited for today. Today is going to be a special, heart-touching podcast. And so I have my friend Matt Meckel here. And Matt, you're the executive director of Wildwood, His, Wildwood Hills Ranch. That's I'm the old crusty guy. I've been there so long they didn't know what to do with me, so they kept promoting. Right. So Wildwood Hills Ranch is not your typical Christian summer camp at all. It's very unique. It has a completely specialized niche. That's right. Yeah, we work with kids coming out of vulnerable situations, a lot of foster care. Uh, it's mostly governmental agencies that refer yes. kids to us. Yes. So we they handpick kids that need us the most. The thing that's most unique about us is we make a decade-long commitment to, to our, a kid. Yep. So we get the same kid back for 10 years. And for over 2,000 hours during that time frame. And we feel like if we can't move the needle in 2,000 hours, that we should get into a different line yeah. of business. But, but you, so, so we, you live in the Des Moines metro, just like I do, I do Des Moines, That's Iowa. Right. And then, about what, 25, 30 miles south? That's right. Yeah, yeah, to have the same drive going downtown, it's just a lot more peaceful. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't lose my Christianity, but some of the fruits of the Spirit might be out the door yeah. if I had to make that drive downtown every downtown, day. Downtown, yeah. But just well, a really beautiful drive. It is a beautiful drive. It's a beautiful plot of land. And and so you guys are partnering with lots of different organizations, and you're not bringing in the squeaky, squeaky clean Christian kid. No. Quite the reverse. Yeah, we get kids that are just coming out of vulnerable spots that maybe experienced physical abuse or sexual abuse and kids don't do what they're told they do what they see wow so that's one thing that i've learned I'm push pause that's one thing that i've always every time i'm around you you have these just little nuggets especially about the vulnerable population you really do and, and you've been you've been working with it for a long time and so you bring a perspective and and pieces of gold a lot so i i have appreciate that, Josh, but I feel like I'm learning from you a lot more than I ever... Uh, well, but you, but you have this specialized space that everyone... That's why you're on the podcast, because I want everybody to hear about the unique perspective that you have. Well, uh, it, it has been uh, a, a learning experience for me. Sure. And uh, But over the last 20 years, I, I think there's three ways to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, there's kinesthetic, auditory, and visual. But there's three other ways. Yeah. And uh, people say experience is the best teacher, but I think that is garbage. I think the best teacher is to learn from other people's mistakes. It's so we're one biggest, of the biggest. It's the yeah. biggest benefit of having older siblings. Right. You find you out watch. what. Yeah. Find out what not to do. Well, and the other thing, too, is I've thought about this a lot. We're really the only species that can learn vicariously through the observation of another one of our species, as opposed to a cow 
who runs into the electric fence and the other cows <laughs> are there. They did not learn anything that's from right. that. That's right. But we have the opportunity to learn from others. That's right. So the, the best way to learn from my perspective is to learn from other people's mistakes. The second best way to learn is experience plus reflection plus application. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the only other two ways to learn is the hard way or the really hard way. Yeah. And the hard way is experience plus reflection plus application. The really hard way is experience plus experience plus experience plus. Einstein calls that insanity, where you're doing right. the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So, um, yes, we uh, w- typically when we know it best, it's been after we have have experienced something. I would no doubt. No question. Right. But. But there is a better way to learn. And right. that is what I love about the individuals listening to the, this podcast is uh, they're learning from other people's uh, growth and, and other people's um, experiences. And also from other people's perspective. That's right. Because the majority of people who are listening to this podcast are uh, a square in the middle of day-to-day in-and-out church ministry. And you are not in church ministry but it intersects with the church. Oh, I, I love the church. I'm in business because uh, the fam- families are falling apart at breakneck rates. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's two institutions in place for the hope of all mankind, mm-hmm. the family and the local church. Mm-hmm. I'd agree and with that. And I'm in business because the family's falling apart at breakneck rates, which puts a lot of pressure back on the local church. It does. Now, my biggest problem is not convincing our kids that they need Jesus or that they need the local church. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem is that once they get to the local church, they're not loved. So which, that's really the crux of what we're talking about today. Yeah. That, is that is that uh, I've been down to, to the camp many, many, many times, and... It is a, it's a wildly different population than the majority, majority of what probably our listeners experience on a regular Sunday. That's right. Very different. I mean, yep. these, these kids have had um, extreme, extreme experiences in their life. They yep. have seen things that, that no, no kid, sh- kid should ever have to experience. Right. right and before. so this is, this is the bread and butter of your world is, you know, lot of exposure to drugs, lot of exposure to mom and dad doing super illicit things. That's right. And they've been taken from their parents. They're not, they're not wanting to leave necessarily. Nope. Nope. Sometimes they've been removed. Sometimes, you know, there's uh, uh, just really tough situations that our kids have had to endure. And when they come there, they're going to be with you guys for a decade. And you're going to have right. continued interaction with them. Yep. God didn't call us to make decisions. He called us to make disciples. disciples. Yeah. And we play a part in that discipleship over the course of their 10 years. But the fastest way to change, uh, once you've decided to change your value system, mm-hmm. the number one thing you need is a group of people who share those values. Couldn't agree more. If you you're, don't. If yeah. you don't get connected to a group of people who share those values, you are in your old value system right away. That just that fast. Very so, interesting. So you're wanting so there's a there's it's a multi-pronged approach. That's yes, right. you're wanting them to come out of the inner city and they're going to come to the ranch which is beautiful trees, beautiful lake. 
beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful property all we, around. We look at it just as a little slice of heaven, and we believe that heaven will be every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. Yeah. And we have uh, a snapshot of that. That's represented. That's represented at, at the at, camp. At, yeah. And then the other thing, too, is that you guys have a value on excellence. And again, we're talking about a lot of different things. We're going to land on kids integrating with the local church. But um, Wildwood Hills Ranch has a high value on excellence. In your your buildings, people have donated very, very strong amounts of dollars. You guys have great facilities. It, it's a top-notch place. Yeah, we have been very, very blessed with people who have bought into uh Impact kids. Yeah, just helping kids coming out of vulnerable spots. And, uh, you know, we used to tell our kids, hey, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, but sleep in this dive. Yeah. And now that uh, God has been very gracious. uh, It's beautiful, uh, beautiful. And so that is another piece is that they're, they're coming out of really crummy situations and they're coming to really, really, really not only just beautiful nature. Nature does something to a person. It, but also very nice establishment. Yeah, we, we feel like it's a great place for them to interact with the one true God that created them on purpose for a purpose mm-hmm. that wasn't distracted on the day that they were born. Yeah. That, because uh, a lot of kids that we serve feel like, uh, you know, our, our... I got overlooked by God. Our relationship with God is oftentimes through the lens of our relationship with our earthly father. It's true. So if our earthly father was absent, we feel like God's out there somewhere, but he doesn't really want to play an active role in my life. If our earthly father is abusive, we look at God as this abuser that's just waiting for us to mess up. And when we do, yeah, exactly. He's going to strike down upon us with furious vengeance and anger. But uh, so a lot of what we have to do is actually frame up and teach what the actual character of God, God is, is uh, regardless of the lens of our earthly father. So a lot of times our kids are dealing, all of us uh, have some sort of father wound. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, regardless of, uh, you know, perfect, I had, I had one of the greatest yeah. earthly fathers on the planet. I couldn't have asked for a better, uh, a better earthly father. Uh, and even with as good as he is, uh, we all falls. have fallen short yeah. of the glory of God. I know your dad. He's a great man. He's a great man. Um, but yeah, to see uh, kids coming out of situations, a lot of times I, I do believe the number one problem globally are fathers who don't follow through with their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. We did not set out to serve fatherless children. We set out to serve the most vulnerable. Who happen to be fatherless. 5% of our kids have both parents actively engaged in their life. That's, that's, I mean, that says it all right there. So you, you're you not looking to combat fatherlessness. You're looking for the most vulnerable and they happen to have no dad, which there's a great high positive correlation between those two. Huge correlation. And half the kids in Iowa are growing up without an engaged father. And the, and most people who are listening to this, maybe you're on one of the coasts or whatever you're thinking, oh, pie in the sky, Iowa. I mean, it's, it, it, it is the heartland of America, no yeah. doubt, but uh, and if, if those statistics are true in Iowa, I can't, ima- yeah, yeah, can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. You did also mention, okay, that they're going to be with you for the, for a decade. And I have watched, I've been out there many, many, many times, and there are kids who came in as a 
camper and then they you move them through your leadership pipeline into being a counselor and then into being a staff member at your at your camp. We have been very blessed to have been trained by Josh Denhart on how to lead uh, volunteers and lead our staff. And uh, we've been able to, uh, I, I used to look at my, my job with most important thing I could do was to pour into the youth that we serve. But if I pour into the staff and to the leaders that we serve yeah. and make a great environment uh, for them, uh, it's going to make a great environment for our kids and our youth. And that's a good thing. So yeah, it's so been, your, it's your been job, a paradigm shift for yeah. me. But <clears throat> uh, but since uh, learning and and uh, uh, beginning to go down that path, um, I'm actually going to try and do less ministry this year and spend more of my t- time equipping saints. Yes, to Isn't do the, the ministry. Right, preach that. That's one of our like go tos. Right. Well, yeah, that, I, I learned that from you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I. I, I you know, I, I do, I, I've said on the podcast that I've been down to the camp a lot. I've been down there to serve mm-hmm. as, you know, cleaning up and, yep. and doing fun things. Our whole family's gone yep. down there to do that. Uh, we had a family of nine, uh, Kim Welge, Kim yep. Stewart was just on the podcast not too long ago. And so we brought our whole crew down to do that. But I I also forgot, I've done the chemistry show there num- mm-hmm. a number of times, but I, not, not, I mean, I did forget actually that I've done the, the, the deep dive yeah, of the yeah. lead volunteers training with the, your staff. Yes. Yes. And we are better for it. I'm very honored about that. Yeah. And, for and, and you are one of the people who you are a lifelong learner. I mean, you've got, you've been at this for a while. You've got multiple degrees. You're always thinking deeply. And so it was really fun to bring in the lead volunteers kind of like on site deep dive because uh, you were it was amazing. You were oh, eating so good. it up. So good. And you've applied that stuff. We, I've got your, uh, the little cards, the card hanging up in my office that I referenced. Yeah. Daily, so. Yeah. And I would say this, that one of the things that you said that I think everybody should latch on to is people used to say to me, wow, Josh, you must love kids. You're a kid's pastor. And I said, well, I, you know, I happen to love kids. That's a bonus. But I work with adults who work with adults who work with kids. That's right. And so I, my best and highest use was not to interact with kids. My best and highest use was to pour into a handful of highly capable and yet under-equipped volunteers to equip them for the ministry. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying today's podcast. In addition to the podcast and all other resources at leadministry.com, I travel the country with The Amazing Chemistry Show. The Amazing Chemistry Show is a 32-foot stage production with fire explosions, foam, and liquid nitrogen. The show is set to music, has hilarious audience involvement, and a clear presentation of the good news of Christ in a way that seeks to honor the scriptures as well as honor the audience. I want to help you easily share the good news of Christ with your community in a fun, memorable, and visual way. We make it easy. A killer event should not kill you and it should not kill your team. We're pretty organized. We've got it down to a science. Go to theamazingchemistryshow.com and simply click the big red button that says start the booking process to start your virtual tour today. And now, back to the podcast. My best and highest use was not to interact with kids. My best and highest use was to pour into a handful of highly capable and yet under-equipped volunteers 
to equip them for the ministry. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, we've been really blessed to um, and have our paradigm shift uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah, and now now we're reaping the benefits of what it's like to to pour into leaders. So we have had a number of our students mm-hmm. who everybody else has counted out that. The, everybody else in society has said, you're not going to make it. Go you're on welfare. You're not going to make it. Yep. Welfare, prison. Yep. Uh, drugs. Drugs. Yeah. But uh, we had one young lady who um, was the daughter of the local meth addict. Mm-hmm. And um, her story early, we, we talked to her that, hey, if you need to walk to church, walk to church. Mm-hmm. So she walked to church. And when she got there, um, they knew that she, in a small town, they knew that she was the daughter of the guy of the meth addict. So uh, everybody started whispering and pointing instead of saying hello. And I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, Will you please sit with me? So this is the pivot now of our podcast. Here's the pivot. And uh, she got to the, uh, church she came back to me and said uh, Matt I can I can't go back to that church um, they, they whispered and pointed and uh, they know who my mom is and nobody said hi to me and nobody asked me to sit with them and I was like man she's nine years old oh my word that is so it crushes my heart and 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 you can throw spears at me all day long and I'm gonna dodge dive dip and duck if you throw one at my wife, I'm going to pick it up and throw it back at you. I'm going to dive in front of it and then pick it up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and throw it back. And I feel like Jesus feels the same way about his bride, mm-hmm. which is the local church. Mm-hmm. And people throw spears at um, his bride all of the time. Castigating. And I'm not trying yeah. to th- be one more person throwing spears at the local church. In other words, I love the local church. It's one of the two institutions in place for the hope of all mankind. Yeah. So what you're not doing is throwing disparaging looks, anger, all of that. What you're saying is, hey, as listeners, this is your opportunity with the mic to say, here's been my experience with the fringe kids. Can we do better? Can we do better? And and, um, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to change the whole DNA of, of your, your church. church. Right. Uh, but can you practice the outrageous hospitality that Jesus practiced everywhere that he went? Right. And let's never forget that the the uh, the Pharisees said, why? Why is he hanging out with that dirt ball? That's right. So the I love the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And there's two main characters that we absolutely love in that story. The dad. The dad. We love his heart and we see ourselves as that prodigal and we love his heart for each one of us. Yeah. But that story was told to a group of older brothers for the sake of the older brothers. Jesus was telling that to the Pharisees. He was telling it to the Pharisees so that they could see themselves in the story. As that judgmental big brother. As a judgmental big brother. And... You know, we hone in on those two uh, protagonists. Yeah, yeah, those two great characters, uh, and, and you know, one that, that one that's not so great, but Hitman has a redemptive. It's, it's it's a great ending to his story. It's a great ending to his story. But 
you know, that story was told for the sake of those older brothers because there's only one group that did not participate in the feast. Ouch. Ouch. There's only one group that didn't make it to the party. And, uh, and, and there was a worthy party to be had because yeah. Jesus came not for the healthy, but for the sick. For the sick. And uh, what we found is that uh, if we'll love people enough to meet them right where they're at, but love them enough not to leave them there. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing what God can do and has done. So th- thank the Lord that young lady didn't give up. She tried a couple more churches, um, wasn't loved or welcomed, but she stuck with it. And by the time she was 16, we said, hey, there's a church. It's 30 minutes from you. You'll have to drive. Now that you can drive, you can drive to that church and they will love you. So she got to that church. She was loved at that church. She was baptized at that church. That's seven years of trying. Seven years of trying. And, and you said she, three different churches? Yep. Yep. And did not, she did not grow weary, uh, uh, did not give up. And now, today, uh, she wants to homeschool her kids because she's worried about uh, some of the influences that, uh, uh, that she kid, was exposed to. Uh, yeah, she was exposed to. But. You know, just just amazing to see the transformation. She's a first generation college graduate. Oh my word! Praise God for all these things. Got it done in three years, and actually got a signing bonus when she graduated because uh, people wanted her so bad they got in a bidding war. Oh my! Over her, and uh, she's thriving today. That's awesome. Involved in her local church, involved in the community. She's uh, she's giving back, mm-hmm. and is just. But a, she was a she was a product of. She was one of the, she was not the 99 who stayed. She was this one lost, really beat up and abused sheep. And Jesus did not, does not want that for his creation. No, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll drop it and go after. And so one of the ways that he went after that one was through the ministry of Wildwood, Wildwood Hills Ranch. Yeah. We've been very blessed to be a part of her life a part of her journey a part of her story. But uh, our goal is a clean handoff to a local church. Right. If they can't, if they don't get connected to a local church, they'll be back in their old value system. And the, the other thing quickly. that you said is, is, is community. It's not only just community through the church, but it's also community through the camp. That's right. Yep. And, and, but, but they're not at the camp 24 seven. No, no, they come uh, throughout the summer. And then we also have weekend retreats throughout the rest of the year where we get the same group of teenagers back where we can check in on, mm-hmm. you know, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing uh, growing in your leadership and how are you doing in your life skill development? Yeah. So this is this is like you're almost being surrogate parents. We, we view ourselves as a partner uh, with our students and uh, not every one of our students is coming out of, uh, you know, that we have some adoptive parents mm-hmm. that are just incredible. We have uh, even other uh, biological parents that have just been through really tough economic situations mm-hmm. not necessarily that they had you know drug abuse and all that they just they just got to they had a bad rack of yeah. opportunities there's just some sort of trauma or yeah. vulnerability that happened that uh, uh you know the, the trauma that our kids endure there's an aces study out that uh, shows the more childhood trauma adverse childhood experiences is what that ACEs, that's what that stands a, for that's for adverse that's childhood, childhood experiences. experiences and the there's a research uh, been, that's been done that shows that if you've had multiple major 
mm-hmm. uh, adverse childhood experiences. Um, you know, your your physical health isn't as uh, good. Your their mental health and the, your uh, ability to learn. Yeah, you're you're more likely to have uh, drug abuse as a part because uh, people say he's got a drug or alcohol problem. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's got a deeper seated problem that the drugs and alcohol are medication for their for their actual problem. And as adults, most of us only want the what and the how to change. So the what? Tell about those. I want you to stop doing this. I want you to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Behavior change. Change your behavior. Why does the kid want to behave that way to begin with is the most important thing to understand, but not in the heat of the moment. Physiologically, what's going on Yes. If, if my frontal lobe is in the front part of my brain, yes. which is where I want the processing to occur. That, that's your logical? Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And my limbic system, which is right at the back base part of my brain, mm-hmm. right by where my spinal cord attaches, that is the fight, flight, or freeze portion mm-hmm. of my brain. And that portion is great if you're in a life or death situation situation it'll and, either and it, and get it you overrides up. it overrides your logical frontal lobe it takes over it That's takes right. precedence so what happens when we flip our lid mm-hmm. is it disengages our frontal lobe and then it's only the fight flight or freeze that we get out of it and some of the worst decisions that we make is when adults flip their lid because a kid has flipped their lid mm-hmm. yeah and if we don't get that frontal lobe re-engaged and that means for us as leaders, re-engaging, as that, that's saying, hey, I'm going to take the logical approach that says you're doing this for a reason. And it's not because you don't like me. And it's not because you hate everybody around you. That's right. And any time that somebody disagrees with a leader, the leader views that person as hostile. It's true. Now, the percentage of hostile people on the planet is really, really low. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of really hostile people. Uh, they maybe need just a little bit more time to buy in because your late adopters yes. oftentimes are the ones that will stick. They're the most loyal. If if you can win them over. If you can win them over. Couldn't agree more. They'll be the ones that stick with you through the long haul. Those fast adopter, adopters, you need them on your team. You need them on your side because they'll help you build momentum. Sure. And help you help you uh, get get there faster, but uh, back to the behavior piece. We're so focused on on behaviors because those kids sometimes are your. They're not adopting quickly. They're skeptical. No, they're angry. They've been burned. Oftentimes, it's the people inside the fort that have abused them. Wow, not outside the fort. Well, that's inside the family. It's inside the family. It's a babysitter. It's um, we have to be really careful inside of churches sometimes. Yes, but also even that young lady who at nine was walking to church, that's inside of the arena, the, inside the fort, inside and the she fort. had bad experiences there. That's right. And, and they were a very standoffish. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, uh, with our... Um, we behave out of our identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We behave out of who and whose we believe that we are. Yes. So uh, if I have a behavior problem, what I actually have is an identity crisis. Yes. 
because I, I, I'm not walking in the identity uh, that Jesus has, has laid out for me. Now, if we're only focused on the what and the how of behavior, and I want you to stop doing this and start doing that, uh, and when is the only time we ask a kid, why'd you do that? Yes. It's on the backside of a really bad decision. And during that time, our frontal lobe is disengaged. And, and they're offline. They're offline. And they're, they're in fight or flight. They're, and, they, and by the way, the funny thing is when somebody out there has had a whole bunch of adverse childhood experiences or trauma, they can sometimes get stuck in a trauma-like pattern or the, the most random thing That's right. can cause them to go, do I need to fight? Do I need to run? Do I need to freeze, freeze up? and let the bear pass. Yeah. And, and so, that's what they're thinking. They're, when they tell you, I don't know, they're telling you the truth. Because for most of our kids, they haven't made the link. Well, my absentee father has caused an overly bonded mother because yes. of my overly bonded mother. I have a lot of displaced anger. And they, 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 they can't connect those dots. They haven't connected them yet. So and they're young. When, when you ask an eight-year-old, why, why did, did you, you do that? Yeah. When their frontal lobe is disengaged. When they tell you, I don't know, they're they telling really you, mean that. They're, they're, they're telling not, you the truth. They're not dodging that. No. What happened and how did this happen? That will actually get you good data. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? You'll get the an eight-year-old's interpretation of another nine-year-old's moral intentions. Wow. Put, put how that is in. that helpful? Yeah, you're going to say, I, so they are supposing what, why this kid did that yeah, to them. Yeah, that kid hates me. Oh, he told you that? No. On Monday, he gave me a dirty look. Are you always aware of the neutral space of your face? Never. Are you constantly aware of what your face is communicating at neutral? And if you're not, can you assume that other people might not be? Or might misinterpret. Or might misinterpret. And for me, unfortunately, my neutral, the neutral space of my face looks like I have to use the restroom. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good. My, my, as a leader, I've taken a snapshot of what this moment was supposed to look like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And then I, my brow is furrowed and I'm concentrating. Okay, does this moment look like we had planned out six months ago? And then that can be confusing. To, that can be confusing. To Most those people around are you. like, hey, can somebody let Matt know where the restrooms are? Right, because you look constipated. I <laughs> look. I look like I, yeah, it's not good. And so then to tie that together, kids, how much more so are they misinterpreting things around them, especially when they have high alert going on? Yeah. It's all high alert with this population of kids. Yeah. What's, what's crazy is, and, and many times they're right. They're, they're trying to read the environment quickly, quickly. They're trying, they are picking up on, they will know if our staff have conflict way before our staff that is figure so, it out. so amazing because they have this highly tuned sixth sense because they're looking to not be in danger. They they're don't like, okay, conflict is there. Yep. I can pick up on that. I smell that. Yep. I'm That's picking so crazy. And many times they read it, they read it right. But there's other times, nobody's perfect at sure. anything. So there's other times that they just totally misread. And they can, and they can overreact. Then they overreact. And then the leader, what, the most important thing I think for the leaders to hear about this is that, is that you need to do three things, um, slow, mm-hmm. soft, and there's another one I'll come up with it in a second. So don't do big, uh, uh, 
oh, and small, slow, soft, and small. That's right. So don't come in with your arms way out. No. Really make no. yourself as small. Maybe get on the, on the ground. Lean with a teen and squat with a tot. Yep. So yep. We, we use the smells approach. We stop. We move closer to the infraction. Mm-hmm. We lower our voice. We lower our position. And uh, I'm sorry. We, we stop. We move closer to the infraction. We make eye contact. But please do not demand mm. eye contact. Yeah, don't, if, don't look at me. Don't do yeah, that. No, you know, if they're in a submissive position already and looking down at the ground, you, yeah, you've, you've got them. They're listening. Wow. Uh, you don't need so to demand. smells? Yeah, stop, move closer to the infraction, make eye contact, lower your voice, lower your position, and then smile just to throw them off. So you so smile and the, say, you are in the most trouble I've ever seen. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I can't believe you made that decision. But but it's with a smile. It's with a smile. And, and you've taken a lower posture. Lower you've posture. You've gone slower. Yeah. You've moved closer. We've moved closer. We lower our voice. So even that alone, podcast listeners, I hope you're still hanging with us. That is huge. Smells. Use the smells approach. Just use the smells approach. Yeah. So you've got... So Kids can sniff it out if you're if you're being serious. They can well, sniff it out. They can sniff it out. You know, why doesn't your kid stop when you have, there used to be these things called newspapers that people would read. Yeah. And, you know, when my dad was reading the newspaper and, you know, he'd take out his hand and he'd wave it at me and say, uh, Matt, knock it off. Yeah. Just a hand motion. Just a hand motion. And when did I stop actually doing the behavior? It's when he put the newspaper down. And engaged. And engaged and came over to the infraction. As adults, we think this hand has fairy dust or something in it <laughs> that's going to change kids' behaviors. And, and how much more so does it not when it's a kid of a very, very, very difficult traumatic past? Yeah, you, the first thing we have to do is build trust. Okay, so rela- discipline without relationship leads to rebellion and relationship without discipline yields the same result. Yeah. So what would you say to church leaders as we kind of close out? What Like, let, let's go back and revisit, because there's, there's plenty of times, this one story of the nine-year-old girl who ended up becoming a 16-year-old driver to another church who ended up getting a college degree. In the, there's many stories that you have like that. That's one of dozens. That's right. So what would you say if you had a magic wand or some magic pixie dust that you could that you could cause leaders to have a new set of eyes? I'm going to even go so far as to say eyes that are closer in tune with what Christ would want. What would you say? You have an audience right here. Care most about the why. Why does the kid want to behave that way to begin with? And that takes time. It takes time. It takes time for you to develop relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But that is where Jesus was a sage on the stage, but he spent more of his time as a guide on the side. Mm -hmm. And both of those are important. The sage on the stage is important. And so is the guide on the side. Yeah. For our kids, uh, the more time you can equip other leaders to be that guide on the side, because when people say the church ought to be doing this and the church ought to be doing that, who they actually mean is the church staff. And that's not the way I read scripture. Yeah, me either. The way I read scripture is the role of the pastor is to equip the saints to do the ministry. So uh, who are you training and equipping? 
to be aware of these hyperbolic explosive situations and then you know it, it comes down hey the issue's not the issue in hurt people hurt people yep but they don't have to they don't have to they it, 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 the, the, that is not a law of nature that's like gravity yeah hurt people hurt people but they don't have to right they can make different decisions they they can um you know first and foremost uh, poverty's a poverty of broken relationships starting with a broken relationship with god mm-hmm. the first step is we have to heal and mend that relationship uh with god but but if, but, if you're looking yeah. at god through the lens of your earthly father very you need a guide on the side that's going to help you and that can be a church volunteer that's right who has been just even briefly equipped that's with right. the idea of smells yep how, how to slow down move toward the infraction yeah eye contact yep, yep. lower your voice yep lower your position get smaller and smile smile Matt, super good. I think we could do this again. I think that this idea of childhood trauma is is needs to be far, far, far more deeply explored. And I know that you don't think that you are, but you are a true walking expert in this stuff. And if the more that we talk, you just like you have like this specialized subset of of experiences that in in learnings that have informed. And I'm grateful that you got to speak into this to our, our listeners well, today. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm super thankful for your work in training and equipping the saints to do the ministry. And I'm super thankful. They're, uh, one of the groups of people that I was praying for most through the pandemic were pastors. Right. And uh, thank you for not growing weary and doing good. Right. right. Well, we're grateful for you. And uh, I would love to come back down. You probably got some new staff since I've been down there. I would love at any time. You know that I and I have on the whim. Hey, can you come down and train us? I love that stuff. Uh, I'm glad this is being recorded because now I have. Yeah, that's the evidence. <laughs> well, the other thing too is that I was brought down to do training with the inner city kids yep. as the, as the, they were teens yep. to teach them like leadership skills, oh, and that was super, they were they were eating it oh, up, hungry. Hungry. Super hungry. They, 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 because uh, they, they, they now they have a need. If you have a need to, if you have a need to grow, you now have a need to know. I want to know that mm, stuff. That's so good. Right. That's well, good. Matt, we could do this for hours. Grateful. Hey, gang. Thank you guys so much for checking out this particular episode. And my encouragement to you. Hey, love the not pretty ones. You don't don't just love the pretty people. Love the hard people. Mm. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers.